not many people believe. <laughs> okay. You see, the word I'm sharing is for you. Because by the time I finish, your email will be louder than this. <laughs> now I know I was led to share what I'm sharing today. Because your amen is not okay for me. But by the time I finish, your amen will be louder. I want to appreciate all the men and women of God here present. And I want to celebrate Apostle Joshua Selma uh, for honoring this house with his presence and the great teaching of yesterday. Let's get into the word of God very, very quickly. Um, I had a little bit of struggle to just title my message. But I'll, I'll just title this Zoom Out. Tell your neighbor, say Zoom Out. Or you're not saying it very well. Tap somebody and say, zoom out. Praise God. I want to start tonight by emphasizing something that I believe is extremely important based on the theme of this conference, which is audacious. That if you will be audacious, there are a few things that you must be mindful of and I'm going to bring them out, you know, as the Holy Spirit will empower me tonight from the Word of God. One of those things that you need to be mindful of is that you are always in a season. You are always in a season. As we're driving here tonight, and it's raining now in Abuja, Nigeria, and I'm wondering, this is October, and this rain is so heavy. A season has almost wrapped up. But it looks like this season is struggling. Doesn't want to change. Somebody, any expired season in your life is coming to an end tonight. Every season that is elongated unnecessarily is coming to an end in the name of Jesus. May the Lord bring you into a new season. But you see, it takes audacity to realize your season and to press in or to press out. There are seasons that you have to press out of. There are seasons that you need to press into. And it takes audacity to be able to press out of an old season, an expired season in God's prophetic agenda for your life. And it takes courage and audacity to press into a new season. In my life, I've seen God move me from season to season. There are seasons where you struggle to see beyond your nostrils because of everything happening around you. There are seasons that the enemy orchestrates to cap you. And the psalm is saying that God brings me out of a horrible pit. When you are in a horrible pit, you, you may not be able to sense your season because you can't even see what's going on out there. When you're on a miry clay, you may be struggling to sense your season because all you want is not to fall. So you, you, you're stepping, you know, <laughs> carefully rather than stepping boldly because you're not even sure. All you want is just for your life to be okay or to, be, to feel safe. But it says, put my feet upon the rock to stay. Because when God plants your feet on the rock to stay, you gain a bit of confidence and an assurance to be able to even know where you are, what's going on around you, what am I supposed to be pressed, I mean, zooming out of, 
and pressing into. And it takes a lot of audacity for you to be able to do that. And that's what I, 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 you know, I want to share with you tonight. And we're also going to look into occurrences in the life of a people that can make them lose sight of the new season. And I believe that there are some people here tonight that it's like God will be speaking to you and speaking to your season. Speaking to your season. You know, the foundation of faith for transformation has been laid already. Because faith, the audacity of faith is not just <laughs> you know, you can have material things and it will lock you up in a season. You think your faith is supposed to only produce material things. Those material things become the things that lure you to remain perpetually in a season. You know, in the story of Elijah, uh, just bear with me. I don't have enough time, so I'm just going to zoom through all the things I'm supposed to talk about. In the story of Elijah, for instance, uh, what you see was a man whose seasons were signaled by lack. When the brook dried up, he knew, common sense told him, that if you stay here, you die here. So he had to tailor himself to hear God compose really. But what about when your season has ended, but something is still flowing? Would you have enough sense to incline to hear God? Because it takes audacity to know that it's not only lack that signals the end of a season. Sometimes things are still flowing. In the midst of a revival, for instance, God can tell you, go somewhere else and plant a church. It's not because people are not coming. So it's not only lack that signals the end of a season. In the midst of abundance, sometimes a season has ended. And you need to move with God. But if people can be locked in outside of God's prophetic calendar and think that God is still there whereas God may have moved on. Glory be to Jesus. I said glory be to Jesus. So when you read Genesis chapter 8 from verse, 20, uh, uh, verse uh, uh, 21 and 22, in the New King James Version said, and the Lord smelled a sudden aroma, then the Lord said in his heart, I will never again curse the ground for man's sake. Although the imagination of man's heart is evil from his youth, nor will I again destroy every living thing as I have done. Look at verse 22. Whilst the heart remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, winter and summer, day and night shall not cease. So after the experience of the flood, God rewrote the constitution of the universe. And the, in this new constitution, said if the heart remains, you and I will always be in the season. If the heart remains, there will be seasons. There will be seed time, there will be harvest. There will be cold and heat. There will be day and night. Let me just digress a little and just walk you through the implications of these very quickly. So that you get it to register in you. And from tonight, you remind yourself when you get into diverse trials and temptations. You remind yourself, even when things are rosy, to ask, at least to ask, Holy Spirit, what season am I? 
What's going on around me? What's going on around me? The Bible talks about seed time. It's a time of investment. A time for digging. A time where, you know, it looks like you're putting things in, but you may not even be seeing a lot because you don't plant a seed and start to see fruit in the same day. That's seed time. Seed time is a time of diligent, painstaking, stay at itness, where you just stay there. And you know the funny thing about seed time is that a lot of the time, I said God just has mercy on you, you are going to sow your seed alone. The only thing you cannot do alone is harvest. <laughs> In harvest time, crowd will come. People will talk with you. There's nothing you can do about it. <laughs> seed time is, is a personal adventure. When God hooks your heart and says, sow seed in church. When, when, you know, when, I remember when we were still at Day Sacrament Center, uh, you know, Pastor Godwin and I used to be associates with our pastor there. One day, I was driving out of the church on a Sunday. You remember, uh, I, I, I told the story before and you know what happened. Driving out of the church, just bought this uh, Nizam Maxima. You remember that car? Uh -huh. And a woman was going out with two children. I think was pulling two children and maybe had another one on her back. And the Holy Spirit told me, don't you think that if this woman has this car, her life will be better and her life will be easier? And I said, eh, it's true, her life will be easier. I was having a conversation with the Holy Spirit. Only me, after service, driving out, saw a church member. I said, her life will be easier. I said, and so what? And I was driving. <laughs> I didn't want the conversation to go, but past that place. <laughs> As I was going... I, I was just saying, boy, you can make a life better. Ah, how? And this car now, ah, how? Because I've not even enjoyed it. I'm not sure it was, it was already up to one year or so. And my wife and I, we squeezed all our faith together at that time to be able to buy that car. So, you know when somebody's talking to you and you just assume that you're not the one that the person is talking to. So I was just driving straight. It was like the longest drive of my life as I was driving home. I was just driving straight until I got home and I still tried to put everything off my mind. But if you walk with God, you will have encounters. Shaping events that can change your season and that can change who you are. In the story of Abraham, every time Abraham raised an altar to the Lord, it was another transformational experience. It was an experience that revealed God to him in a different dimension. Every sacrifice brings you into a dimension of God, another dimension of God. I think by night or next morning, I could not contain what I was feeling. So I just told you, so I will talk to my wife. You know, I don't hold the car alone, so I'll talk to my wife. Is she agree? I spoke to my wife. My wife said, oh, yes, of course. Yeah. You know, some wives are dangerous. Let me tell you what I mean. There's never, never a time that the Holy Spirit spoke to me, especially about seed, that my wife has ever said no. I'm still waiting. She's just a dangerous wife. Yeah. At least she should be able to help somebody's faith once. I say this one, no, no, no. Maybe God's not speaking to you. Let's keep it. No. Anytime you tell her like this, uh, God is uh, I fear. Oh, yeah, it, it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> Cut it on story short. I called my pastor, told my pastor about it. 
because I was looking for wisdom. You can't give somebody's wife a car unless you get into trouble. So I called my pastor. My pastor said, no problem. This is what you should do. Call the man. The man, the husband of the man was one of our protocol officers. So I called and told the man, this is what God is. So by Sunday, I changed the vehicle document to their name, to the woman's name. I gave it to her husband. Give it to your wife, and this is now your car. But can I tell you the truth? There are certain things that God will lead you to do that will terminate a season abruptly sometimes and just launch you into another season. And a seed time guarantees an harvest time. I mean, you're not hearing that for the first time, I know. So it's, that's not a revelation. <laughs> that's what you already know, but all of us struggle with it. Many people want harvest time, but they detest seed time. They are always running away from seed time. Yet, if you say harvest time, they are there. The Bible also talks about so harvest time, which is reaping, you know, you have to get used to people being around you because, like I said, you definitely may not be able to do it alone, but it's a good time. It's a time of rejoicing because many things are flowing. What about cold or winter? A time that is lonely or a time of betrayal or abandonment. A depressing season. A season that looks like there's no hope. But please don't forget what I'm saying tonight. According to Genesis 8 and 22, the constitution of the universe was altered by God himself. That seasons will come and go. From that point, what God was saying is, no condition will be permanent. <laughs> but you know, it's easier to agree with it if your condition is good. The only thing is that based on the law of process, you need virtually every season to be balanced. You didn't hear that, right? But I'm sure you heard yesterday when Apostle was saying that he went to do crusade, people were here, but there's no money to pay. That was a season. <laughs> that was a season. Do you get what I'm saying? That was a season. Some people will want to be called to ministry. But from day one, you want every need met, all bills paid, abundant life ministry. From day one. <laughs> from the first day that God called you. Yeah. I'm yet to meet a real man of God. I mean, a real man of God who has not witnessed another kind of season apart from the season that all of us crave for. I remember a few years ago, <laughs> I was sitting with one of my mentors, Dr. Mensah Otterville. We just flew down to Ghana for this one and a half hour kind of meeting or so. Sat in front of this man. I was going through a season. And I just felt this man can speak into my life at this season. So I flew to Ghana just for that. And I sat in front of him. This was like maybe five or six years ago. <laughs> when I explained, he said, oh, if, the, if this does not happen, 
you are not really called. Yeah. So these are one of the things that show that God called me. <laughs> this is one of, as in, what I was going through that time was like a season of some kind of betrayal. I don't know if you get what I'm saying. Yeah. And then he told me a story. And he said, if you pastor a church for 10 years and nobody, everybody likes you. <laughs> no, there's no dissenting opinion, no issue, and all. He said, you're not called. I said, Dr. Sabi, are you serious? Say yes. He said, you're not really called. Then he told, by the time he finished telling me his story, I just said, don't worry, sir, I'm going to Lagos. He said, okay. My own should not be, I don't want this one that you're telling me. <laughs> I don't want it to be this bad. The one I have is okay. Let me carry my bag and be going. Yeah. <laughs> told me the story of his, his, the person that started ministry with him and how, what the person did to him, literally, in that nation. And he said it's one experience that he would never wish on his enemy. So I don't know if you are getting what I'm saying. Life is in seasons. So when, when you go through your cold, lonely, betrayal season, summer, which is warm, cozy, everything is nice, seems good, everything is safe, everything is manageable, that's where most people want to be. The Bible also talks about night and day, a time where you seem to be invisible. That's night time. Obscurity time, where it looks like you are overlooked. Everybody's phone is ringing, but your phone doesn't ring. It's just a season, ladies and gentlemen, and you need audacity of faith to press from one season to the other. Are you still with me today? But there's also day, because at night and day, there's also day where there's light, where there's exposure, recognition. It brings reward, but it also comes with a lot of enemies. Because your daytime will expose you. Some people here, I mean, I was saying things about entrepreneuring. You're starting your business now. Maybe you're in sick time. Putting everything into it. I mean, people don't know what you're doing, how much work you're doing. You're in your sick time. But when you come to church, you see somebody that came in a powerful car. Madame is well kitted. You know, Gucci, Prada, and all that. And telling yourself, when I grow up, that's how my wife would look. Better face front. Yeah. And, and perfect this this seed sowing season very well. Because the secret of men is in their stories. And you need to hear those stories and understand that people have been through seasons. Now, you need to understand this. No season of life is bad. Every season is important. Many people want to breeze through their night season. But you need the quietness of the night to reflect upon your destiny. And for revelation to come to you. Go and ask Jacob. When he left his father's house. The blessing was upon him, but there was nothing to show for the blessing. And Joseph became, I mean, J Jacob became like a fugitive running to another country. And it was while he was going that he had that moment alone. Genesis uh, 28, I believe. He had that moment alone where he encountered God at Bethel. May God give you an encounter in your night season. Or may the Lord give you a new song in your night season. The night season is all, not always a bad time. It's a time of a new song, a new revelation, a new encounter with God. 
That's what the night season is meant for. But many people want to breeze through their night season. You miss the encounters. You miss the revelation. It was in Jacob's night season that he promised God. If you see me through as I'm going right now, as I will be coming back, and I will not be small, he said, I will give you, he promised God, a tithe from that point. There are revelations that come to you, commitments you make in your night season that will guarantee that when your daytime comes, your head will still be straight. Because you will remember the revelation, the commitment. Glory be to Jesus. I said glory be to Jesus. So, it's important for somebody to understand with me that God is processing you. You are always in a season. Yeah. Always in a season. Always in a season. Always in a season. There's something that God is working out per time in your life. But the audacity of faith, not to be stranded, not to be locked up in a season, uh, to be able to walk with God, to press in, to zoom out, to see beyond what is happening. Let me start to wrap this up by just showing you three people who through the audacity of faith were able to zoom out. And I believe uh, God is going to use this to help somebody to see something tonight. There's a season where you are, where your life itself is a seed. So, you're in a seed season, your life is a seed because the only thing we can see out of your life is that you look like a seed. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. No, it's not, it, I know it sounds funny, but I didn't intend to joke. When you hold a seed in your hand, yeah, you know it's a seed. Am I saying the truth? Have you had beans in your hand before? You know it's a seed. You hold it in your hand like this. If you zoom out of that seed, like you use you know, a, a, a big lens to zoom out. What are you supposed to be seeing? You will see maybe a tree and then you see more seed. Yeah. If it was mango, you see a mango tree and then you see mango fruit and then you see more before you know it, you see a forest of mangoes. You, you will see a plantation of mangoes as you zoom out. What God wants us to do a lot with our faith that we refuse to do, just like Abraham, is that we get fixated on what we're expecting in that season. We refuse to zoom out to multiple seasons that are ahead. Abraham in Genesis 17 was trusting God for a child of promise. God, in his infinite mercies and in his prophetic agenda, had him as father of many nations. Abraham was looking at a son of promise. God was looking at nations. So when he had an encounter with God, in Genesis 17, can you put it on the screen for me from verse 1? Genesis 17 from verse 1. Abraham had an encounter with God. And look at what happened. When Abraham was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abraham and said to him, I am almighty God. Walk before me and be blameless. Let's pause here a little so that I can explain something. The encounter of Genesis 17 was the revelation of Almighty El Shaddai. 
You cannot encounter El Shaddai and remain the same. If you lack potency, this El Shaddai, the big-breasted one, the nourisher of the universe, it flows to you from that encounter. Little wonder, Isaiah chapter 40, when you read from verse 28, he said, have you not heard? Have you not seen? Have you, uh, uh, don't you know that God, the everlasting God, the creator of the universe, it doesn't, doesn't get weary. It doesn't faint. It means that God does not need help, support, or encouragement. Everything, all the potency in the universe resides in him. That's what is called El Shaddai. The all-potent, the omnipotent God. When Abraham had an encounter with El Shaddai, his dead body at 99 cannot remain dead. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't uh, uh, an happenstance that God revealed himself as El Shaddai at 99. It's to prove a point. They have been in the season, but this encounter will launch you into a different realm. So the Bible says there, go back to Genesis 17. Uh, let's go to verse 2. Genesis 17, very quickly. Genesis 17 and verse 2, if you can put that on the screen for me, so we can breeze through it quickly. Verse 2. Yeah. And I will make my covenant between me and you, and I will multiply you exceedingly. God was zooming out for Abraham. Watch this. Verse 3. Verse 3, quickly. Looks like, uh, okay, let, let, let me open it here so I can, okay. Then Abraham fell on his face, and God talked with him, saying, now God started to give him all the things that will happen. Verse 4, let's, let's move fast. Yeah. As for me, behold, my covenant is with you, and you shall be a father of what? Well, I cannot hear you. Father of what? What was Abraham looking for? What was Abraham looking for? God did not promise him a child when he came as El Shaddai. El Shaddai cannot be promising you one child. You didn't hear that. Yeah. The almighty God is too big for the small thing that you are seeing. When God will show up, he said, I will make you father of many nations. Because of time, God even had to force a name change on Abraham that day based on that encounter. You will no longer be Abraham. You will now be Abraham from exalted father to father of many nations. This exalted father they are calling you is convenient for you. We know you don't have a child yet, so if they call you exalted father, it's just anybody can be exalted. <laughs> but if it's father of many nations, that one will open your heart up and plant faith in your heart to be audacious. This is what I'm saying, ladies and gentlemen. There's a place a man can be, a woman can be, that situation you are going through can, you know, just blindfold you to the reality of what God is already seeing about your life. It takes the audacity of faith for you to zoom out with God, despite where you are. For a woman here, listen to me. Whatever may have died in your hand, whether it's a relationship, whether it's a business, whether it's anything, when you read John 11 and verse 22, Martha demonstrated something to us there in John 11, 22. Jesus came and our brother Lazarus was already dead. 
But when Martha will, will talk, look at what Martha said. But even now, I know whatever you ask God, he will do it. Give me verse 21 quickly. Verse 21 of John 11. John 11 and verse 21. Now Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you have been here, my brother would not have died. But verse 22 says, but even now, death can close someone's mind to the capacity, the audacity to zoom out of the situation to see what God's about to do. But matter here demonstrated to you and I today that even death should not be powerful enough to make me to become stranded in a season. If I zoom out based on the capacity of God, I can see what is next. Martha said, it has happened, we know. But even now, even now, look at your neighbor for me and say, even now. Yeah? I don't know what kind of situation you are in, but you are at this conference because God wants you to know that no condition is permanent. That life is in seasons. To everything, Ecclesiastes 3 says, there's a time and a season for everything under the sun. And seasons are not permanent according to the rewritten constitution of the universe. Genesis 8 and 22. Seasons are not permanent. Seasons are not permanent. Especially when it's not, uh, I mean, when it has expired in God's calendar, when Jesus showed up in Lazarus' house, that season of mourning expired. But it took a woman of faith to press into it. People were crying and all that and all. Martha said, if you had been here earlier, my brother would not have died. But even now, even now, even now, even now. Somebody say, even now. Even yeah, now. even now, even now. Yeah, I just believe, even now. And even at this conference, somebody, I believe there's a new testimony for you. I believe that God is unfolding and renewing and stretching something new over your destiny. I believe that seasons are changing on your behalf. I believe that the pronouncement from this conference will launch you to a new horizon. I believe that by the time this week is over, something would have unraveled positively. Glory be to Jesus. Let me give you another example of what I'm talking about. Is there somebody here who has messed up before? Yeah, as in really messed up. How can we measure your mess up? No, 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 I'm just, I'm just wondering. I have messed up before. I mean, if you ask my wife, she will tell you, this guy messes up a lot. <laughs> what, what I mean is that uh, if there's somebody I've offended in my life the most, is my wife. Yeah, because I can tell her now that, uh, don't worry, I'll, I'll sort that thing out. And then I'll come back at night and say, have you sorted it? Ah! I've forgotten. Yeah. And she will say, forgive me. Have you messed up before? I mean, in little things and in big things. In the scriptures, we saw the story of a young man who messed up big time. As in, really big time. The biggest mess up of the Old Testament. <laughs> I'm sure you're still wondering. Genesis 27. I'm talking about Esau. You know, you can mess up so badly... The devil tells you, this is your end. <laughs> you need audacity of faith to press out of a messed up season. And I don't know who I'm talking to tonight, but I see 
that there's a prophetic hand of God upon this conference to turn your mess into a message. Yeah. I don't know what it is and how strong. See, Esau sold his birthright. Your mess up cannot be more than that. And in the New Testament, in Hebrews, the Bible calls him a profane person and an adulterer. That's a big mess up. Redefine it. Yeah, that's a new model. They changed the, because, in, yeah, by revelation, because in the Old Testament, he didn't sleep with anybody. But by the time we go to the New Testament, his mess up was graded. And by regrading, they call him... <laughs> A fornicator, I mean, a, 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 a profane person like Esau, who for a morsel of bread sold his, his battery. But you see, when Esau approached his father in Genesis 27, verse 38, and Esau said to his father in verse 38 of Genesis 27, Have you only one blessing, my father? Bless me, me also, oh my father. That cry was coming from a heart of audacity that sees that there's no end in God. Yeah. And that there's no condition that is permanent. I'm saying that for somebody to realize tonight that even if you have committed the most terrible abomination, the story of Esau happened to be the story of grace. The manifestation of grace in the, in, in the era of, you know, even his era predates the law. Yeah. But we saw the manifestation of, of unusual grace. Because here, look at what happened there. By the time, he said, me also, my father. And Esau lifted up his voice and wept. And Isaac, his father, answered him and said to him, Behold, your dwelling shall be of the fatness of the earth and of the dew of heaven from above. By your sword you shall live and you shall serve your brother and it shall be Somebody say it shall come to pass. Or say it again, say it shall come to pass. He said it shall come to pass when you become restless that you shall break his yoke from your neck. There's a blessing that is called the blessing of restlessness. It comes with the audacity to press into El Shaddai, the one that can change anything. So that even when I've been, you know, sidestepped in destiny and it looks like I've messed up so badly, Isaac said... <laughs> When you become restless, you will break his yoke from off your neck. Time will not permit me tonight, but you know what happened when Jacob was coming back from Laban's house. Jacob had become a company of people. And Jacob thought how he left Esau was how Esau would be because he showed his birthright. You understand what I'm saying? But by the time they met Esau, go and read your Bible. <laughs> Jacob brought gift to Esau. And all kinds of things. Jesus said, my brother, I don't need this. Yeah. I'm a big boy like you. The blessing of restlessness has worked. I refuse to remain in the season of mess up. <laughs> I pressed out of it. Something broke. Because my father told me that if I will be restless enough, I can break it. There's no season that is permanent. Even when it came to you, because of your shenanigans. The God of all grace has never closed anyone's destiny completely. Yeah. 
And to him that is joined to the God of the living, there's hope. <laughs> glory be to Jesus. I said, glory be to Jesus. So I need you to have this at the back of your mind today. That there's unusual grace here to clean up mess-ups. To clean up messes. To clean up destinies. To set somebody on an audacious pathway to lay hold on what is ahead of you. Maybe tomorrow I, 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 I can stretch this a little more. See, whether you talk about Esau or prodigal son, or Bunge mess up. You understand what I'm saying? I want Baba mess up. The people who knew how to really mess up. <laughs> you can put Esau side by side with the prodigal son. But when the prodigal son came to himself, you know what happened? When he came to himself, he zoomed out of that situation and reimagined himself in his father's house. Somebody tonight, as you lift up your hand in a moment, you are going to zoom out of something. Yeah. You're going to zoom out of something. You're going to see yourself. See, the guy reimagined himself in his father's house. And he said, ah, this condition is not okay now. Because in my father's house, even the lowest servant does not live like this. Yeah. And then he reconstructed his pathway courageously with audacity. I will now go back. This is my script. I will tell my father. Father, I've sinned against you and I've sinned against heaven. <laughs> and I'm no longer worthy to become, to be your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. Because that is better than where I am. Rise on your feet, everybody. Rise on your feet. That is better than where I am. I wanted to lift your two hands to Jesus. By the aggregation of graces present in this house tonight, I wanted to ask him, Lord, give me the audacity to zoom out and to reimagine my life. The audacity of faith to reimagine my destiny. Not to write myself up based on any form of mess-up. Notwithstanding where I've been, notwithstanding what I've done, notwithstanding what has happened, I choose to see myself differently. I choose to zoom out. Somebody like Abraham, you may be 99 right now, but God is still calling you to zoom out. Because there's still glory on your head, even at 99. Or you may be like Martha, whose brother was dead. And she was still able to look beyond death. I said, even now, even now. Or you may just be like Esau, or the prodigal son. The devil is confronting you consistently with your mess. But God is greater than your mess. Lift your two hands to Jesus. Just receive grace, the audacity of faith to see beyond what is happening. I will look up to the hills, the psalmist says. From where's come my help? My help comes from above. Somebody stand to look up. Don't look down, look up. Don't look down, look up. God told Abraham, come out of where you are. Look up, look up. 
Count the stars that zooming out of what has encountered what has kept you. Somebody zoom out tonight. Zoom out. Zoom out. Somebody online. Choose to zoom out. God is always calling us to look up. Count the stars. Count the stars. Don't be limited by what you don't have. See, there's in the precious name of Jesus Christ Amen lift your right hand with me tonight everyone Father we thank you thank you Jesus Lord I've spoken as you have commanded and I ask that precious grace be released upon your precious spirit. Amen. The audacity to press out of expired seasons. The audacity to press into new seasons. Amen. The audacity to look beyond our mistakes and errors. Amen. The audacity to look beyond where we have been and where we are coming from. Amen. To be able to zoom out into the fullness of destiny. Amen. Holy Spirit, we ask that you feel somebody afresh right now. Amen. With the capacity to dream afresh. Amen. Capacity to see visions. Amen. That will take us out of a season into another. Amen. And we declare in the name of Jesus, anyone in expired night season, let there be the dawning of a new day. Amen. Let there be the dawning of a new day. Amen. Let it start from this conference. Amen. Thank you, everlasting Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, everlasting Father. Thank you, Father. Lord, tonight, let a season of sickness end in somebody's life. Amen. Let a season of apathy and discouragement end in somebody's life. Amen. Let a revelation of your word jack somebody back into a new season. Amen. Thank you, everlasting Father. Thank you, Lord. We give you glory and we give you praise. Hallelujah. We bless you, to Jesus, and bless you, bless you, bless you, bless you. It's such an honor and a privilege uh, to, to be able to bring you God's word tonight. I'll continue from here tomorrow morning. Uh, and I look forward to a great time. And I, I, I want you to set your faith loose tonight. Because I just feel that something is about to break out in this place. Because the word God gave me is to position you. Yeah. Somebody is at the border of a new season right now. If by the time you are leaving this place, you are inside. Let your amen be louder. So when I told you you are in your manger, this treasure house. <laughs> Do you understand right now? <laughs> no condition is permanent. <laughs> Lift your two hands with me. Say, my faith is rising. Say, my faith is being built up. Say, no condition will be permanent in my life. No condition will be permanent in my life. God bless you. Hallelujah.